Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. Good evening, Citizens Youth. How you doing? How you doing? You guys look very nice. What if I started talking to you guys like um, the way you would just talk to an individual, you know? Like as if we were like the only people in the room. Hey, how you doing? How's your mom? How's your mom doing? You guys doing good? Your school's going all right? Did you, get, did you get that job? I just like try to have one conversation with all of you at the same time. Hey, how many people are coming to costume night in two weeks? Okay. I have a, I have a feeling, just a heads up, just a heads up, I have a feeling it's going to be like high school night, middle schoolers, if you have any guilt about, but I want to go trick-or-treating. Blessings. Have fun. Okay. I like, yes. It's okay. I have a feeling it's going to be a high school night. You guys cannot wait to see my outfit. I'm just going to tell you. My costume, should I tell you what I'm dressing up as? Or do you want to be surprised? You guys don't like surprises? Isn't that what this season is all about? Where I just come in and I'm like, boom, there's my costume. You're like, wow, that scared me. All right, you want to know my costume for real? All right, I'm dressing up as a youth pastor. No, 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 no. Don't, no, 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 you don't get it. Nope, because you all just heard, I'm not dressing up because I am a youth pastor. That's what you heard. What I said was, I'm dressing up as a youth pastor. You'll see. <laughs> see, if you don't realize that I don't dress like a youth pastor, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm going to dress up as a youth pastor. So um, you're like, this is not normal youth pastor attire. It's not. Most youth pastors are on fleek. I'm on the Walmart rack. So um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And what are you guys going to Anybody already know? Or how many of you, I'm just curious, how many of you know like two weeks in advance what you dress up as? Okay. So like you plan this. It's like, a, it's like an intentional thing. How many of you, like the night before, you look through your closet and say, what kind of costume can I make? Okay, yeah, that's cool. And you're like, I'm wearing all yellow. I'm a banana. <laughs> and then all the people who have had their costumes planned since like January are like, ugh, L, L. So, all right, hey, um, welcome to Citizens. Shh, here we go. Welcome to Citizens. And... Um, as, as Hannah and Eleni said so wonderfully, we are a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. And so one of the things that we do in this community, one of the things that I talk about all the time here on a serious note, we always talk about how important it is for our community to be marked by transparency. Okay? We talk about how in this community, the way that we operate with one another, we operate with an honesty. Right? There's this willingness to be involved in each other's lives. Right? When somebody tries to get in my business, I'm not like, you just mind your business. I don't say that. I go, dude, thank you. Because one of the ways that we love each other is by getting involved in our business. And so tonight, I don't want to talk about that. I actually want to demonstrate that. For a few moments here, I don't want to just talk about the importance of transparency. I don't want to talk about the importance of, of, of being known and of confession. I actually want to avail myself of the opportunity to do so, okay? And so I, I thought about how to do this, and I think I'm just gonna dive right in, and I'm gonna tell you that me, this is Sam Kizzies, this is not like action, the actor, like me, this is me, the dude. Um, I struggle 
with anxiety, okay? I do, all right? I, and you're like, what? But you're, you're on the stage all the time. No, no, I'm not like, not talking about like stage fright. I'm talking about like, there are times in my life where all of a sudden, I just am overwhelmed by this like irrational nervousness. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like there's times in my life where like these feelings of worry and I'm just like for no reason, like I'm sitting at home and I'm just eating my dinner and all of a sudden these feelings of worry just like, I can almost like feel them tighten in my chest. You know what I'm talking about? I struggle with anxiety. There's times in my life and they happen often and usually I'm pretty good at shaking them off and, and put it on the face. But like when I'm being honest with myself, there are times in my life where I often feel like I'm just dropping the ball somewhere. I can't shake these feelings that I'm letting down someone. There's times I just can't shake the feeling that there is something that is depending on me. And right now at this moment, I am not enough. Hi, I'm Sam and I struggle with anxiety. It's true. Thank you. Hello. It's true. But what I've learned is that I'm not alone. Okay. You're probably with me. Our society is definitely with me because anxiety has become a normal part of living in this world. It has become a seemingly natural reality of life in the 21st century. And so you wake up you look at the forecast and you already know what the day is going to be like. You know that it's going to be set high of 75, partly cloudy and anxious. You already know. You don't even have to look at the weather channel. You know that a normal part, you got the sun, you got the clouds and you have the anxiety. This is part of our atmosphere. Anxiety is part of the ethos of living in our world. Anxiety has become so normal and so commonplace that we don't realize that not being anxious is even an option. I struggle with anxiety. And so we think that this is normal. We think that this is just the way it is until Jesus shows up. And so Jesus shows up and he begins to describing how life is lived in his kingdom. He describes life in the kingdom of God. And as he starts explaining life, as he starts describing to you what life is like in his kingdom, you start to hear about the culture of the kingdom. You, you, you start to realize that in his kingdom, there's like this, there's this peace. There, there's this calm. And you start comparing his kingdom to the kingdom that our world lives in. And we go, hmm, they're different. You start to ask yourself the real questions. You go, wait a minute. If, if being anxious is not necessary for being alive, if, if there's another way, then why am I so anxious? Where does my anxiety come from? Is there another way to live my life? My name is Sam. I struggle with anxiety. And so for a few moments tonight, we're gonna look at the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter six, in our final episode of Tale of Two Kingdoms. And as we listen to Jesus describe life in his kingdom, he's going to say something to you. So I want you to listen. He's going to say something to you about anxiety and he's gonna explain to you students why life is so different in his kingdom than it is in the kingdom of this world. 
My name is Sam and I struggle with anxiety. And so I wanna listen to what Jesus has to say to me tonight. And so we begin Matthew chapter six, starting in verse 25. Students, look at the forecast. It's high of 75 and anxious. Here we go. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? We'll pause there. So Jesus begins his message tonight and from his words, we're reminded what we all already know. We have needs, right? Everybody say, I have needs. Very good, right? In your life, you have needs and some of those needs include what are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? What will you put on your body? Clothes. The answer is clothes (laughs) or a costume, I suppose, right? But you look at these things and all of these are needs. They're definitely not wants, right? Do you guys know the difference between a need and a want? You're like, for my birthday, I want water, right? And I'm like, I need to meet your parents, (laughs) you know? Dude, for Christmas once, my, my parents got me clothing. No, no, these are not wants. These are not luxuries. These are needs. I need them. And the reason why I need them is because these represent, these these little examples here, they represent the primary concern of every human being in the world ever. Your survival. (laughs) Deep down, every single one of us at our most instinctual, intrinsic level, at our most raw part of us, we all have this question. Will I be okay? Right? You're like, I literally just said that today on my Instagram. Right? Will I be okay? This is the question that we're all asking deep down inside. Will I have what it takes to survive? Will I have what I need to make it? Do I, am I in a situation where I am going to be okay? And so students, if this is the question, what's the answer? And so here's what I'm saying. Tonight, what I'm gonna show you and what Jesus shows us, there are two answers to this question. Will I be okay? And the first answer is, I will be okay if I take care of myself. Will I be okay? I don't know. Am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? Yes, you can. If you take care of yourself, if you do whatever it takes to be okay, then you'll be okay. Pause. That kind of pressure, that's heavy. That kind of burden on you So if you're gonna be okay, then it all depends on you. That kind of burden will cause us to worry even to the point of sickness. There are people that will literally shake and get sick to their stomach because the weight of that answer is so heavy. And what we see is that this answer always leads to anxiety. I'll be okay if I do what it takes to take care of myself. It's up to me. I will figure it out. And when you live your life with this approach, 
when you live your life carrying the burden to the need to figure it out and to take care of yourself, your heart is going to be consumed by questions like, what will I eat? What, what, what will I drink? What, what am I going to wear? If it's up to me, that's a burden. And I will be, like Jesus says here, I will be anxious. Anyone struggle with anxiety? Do you guys ever carry around this level of worry like I'm describing? Do you ever feel that burden? Do you ever feel like it all depends on you? And you're sitting here and you're like, well, I've never worried about what I'm gonna eat or drink. The, the, the needs don't matter. Perhaps you live in such an environment where you don't have to actually worry about food, drink, and clothing, but does the tone sound familiar? Right? Well, but what will I, what will I, or where, where will I, or, or how will we, what, what happens if I, what if I don't, what? And we're familiar with the tone. And we're approaching these situations. We're approaching our major needs, our major decisions, our major concerns as if it all depends on me. So we're anxious. And Jesus, so simply, like a good teacher, like a memorable teacher, he just says really simply, don't be anxious about your life. Do not be anxious about your life. He says, if you live in the kingdom, this should not be your approach to life. This should not be the way that you answer the question, will I be okay? You know what's wrong with living a life where your heart is dominated by such concerns? Do you know what's wrong with living a life where your heart and your mind and everything in your life is focused and dominated by surviving? Life is so much more than those things. Life is so much more than just what you need, than your physical needs, than your survival. That's what Jesus says. He goes, is not life more than? Is life not more than these things? And so don't spend your entire life alive worrying about staying alive. Is not life more than being alive to worry about staying alive? So Jesus says, don't worry. That's it. There we go. Let's pray. Oh, that would be a bummer, huh? Wouldn't that be a bummer? A bummer. What's a bummer? It's like a Canadian bummer, right? In America, it's like bummer. In Canada, it's like bummer. Eh? If I'm not to worry about my life, if it's not depending on me to be okay, if I'm not supposed to live my life dominated by this worry and concern of these things, then who will take care of me? Then whose responsibility is it? How can I possibly afford to not worry about those things? Jesus continues and he shows us another answer to our question. Verse 26. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet, everybody say yet. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin 
But yet, everybody say yet. yet. I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So we come to Jesus and we ask the question, will I be okay? And you know what Jesus' answer is? Look around. (laughs) He literally says, look around. He goes, look at the birds. I've never seen a bird starving, right? Like I've never driven up to Walmart and seen a bird like on the corner, like will chirp for food. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've never like seen a bird like out in the field, just like trying to like on his grind, just farming, right? Those seeds. Like I just, you know, come to think of it, birds seem to be doing pretty good, <laughs> you know? Like, like birds kind of got it made in the shade. I've never, man, I, I've never seen a bird starving. I, I've never seen a bird begging for water. They're not stressing Yo, birds don't even have a savings account. Think about that. But my mom said I need to establish credit. Birds don't even got credit. And yet, everybody say yet. And yet, they have what they need. Will I be okay? Look around. What else can we look at? Look at the next example, right? Consider the lilies of the field. So I want you, maybe next time that it's 75 degrees in October, I don't know, maybe tomorrow, I want you to like walk through a field, right? And I want you to look at all the wildflowers. And I want you to think, when was the last time you saw grass out there stressing, like sewing a bunch of clothes, right? Like when was the last time you saw a patch of grass be like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be cold! Or, oh my gosh, we're naked! Ah! And just like, like I've never seen a blade of grass like literally stitching together lilies, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, I've never seen grass out there crying because they've run out of material to decorate themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I've never, I've, like, I've never just, because like, I sit in the grass a lot. You know, I play ultimate frisbee, and so I'm often on the ground um, for whatever reason. You don't want to know. And uh, it's, it's intentional. That's how I play my game. It's my style. And so I'm usually on the ground, and I've never, like, overheard a conversation of like one blade of grass to another saying, oh my gosh, did you like read the latest in like grass weekly fashion? We have to get some of those lilies. I've, like I've never overheard that. Maybe you have. I, maybe a little bit. I've never heard that conversation. And yet, and yet you go out and look at the grass and their outfit is on fleek. The grass is on 10 with their outfit. They are so arrayed that even Solomon, even Solomon, one of the richest dudes in the world, even Solomon didn't look as put together as them. You're laughing because you think I'm using fleek in like a normal part of my sentence. That was a joke because who says that? Right? Like I do. You shouldn't. Okay. Can't tell if he's joking. He's not smiling. Good. Good. But seriously. And yet, the flower, I've never seen grass stress about what they're going to wear. And for some reason, they still look pretty good. Will I be okay? Look around. Look at the birds. Look at the grass. And ask yourself, what do they have in common? They're both nature. No! (laughs) 
They're both alive. Get out of biology, guys. What do they have in common from the scriptures? Look what he says. Everybody say birds. Grass of the field. What do they have in common? That, that was a rhetorical question. I do that often when I preach. Like I'll say something to get you to think in your head and then I'll provide the answer. It's really neat. It's clever that way. And so, um, so what do they have in common? And you lean forward in your seat and you like open your mouth slightly to show that you're inquisitive going. Want to try it one more time? Right. So what do they have in common? Ooh, this is, I should coach you guys more. This is so tight. Like all this time I thought you weren't interested and you've just been waiting for me to coach you. You're like, I don't know what to do with my face. So all of you who fall asleep, like I thought you were bored. You just literally didn't know. Points for me, okay. What do they have in common? God takes care of them. What do the birds, what do the grass have in common? Their source is God. God feeds them. God clothes them. God makes sure that they have everything they need. God makes sure that their basic needs are met. God makes sure that they are okay. And do you know why God makes sure that the birds and the grass are okay? Because he's a naturopath. No! Because God is an attentive and good father. Guys, this is like, this is, let me coach you. This is the point of the message where you pay attention, you listen, because you're about to get the most beautiful picture of God that you've ever seen. God, our Father, and perhaps you're here tonight, and this is not the portrait that you've had painted for you of God. Maybe you come from a family, and your persona in your mind that you imagine God with is so different, but this is one of the primary pictures in the Bible that we have of God. He's a Father. He is a good heavenly father that is who he is it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you that would make a great song anna martin write that down god makes sure that they have everything they need he's he's paying attention to their needs he's caring for them and so here's what i want you to do you're asking will i be okay and i say look around look at the birds Look at the grass and then ask yourself this. If it works for them, why can't it work for you? I ain't never seen a bird hungry. I ain't never seen the grass stressing. Because God is their source. And so my question is, if it works for them, why can't it work for you? I'm going to tell you a secret. And I don't want you to spread this, okay? Okay. I don't want you to let this out because some people may be angry by this, okay? Especially do not tell the PETA people. Like the gyro people? No, no, PETA as in like the animal rights people. Though the PETA people are delicious. Here's the secret. Here's the secret. I eat the PETA people, yes. Thank you, middle schooler. Here's the question I'm gonna tell you. Anybody love birds? Yeah, you love birds, right? Birds are cool. Nobody's ever bird people. It's always cats versus dogs. And birds are sitting on the sideline like, what about me? Right? Like, shut up, you're a bird. God takes care of you. But dogs, they work like dogs, you notice? They're anxious. Woo! Go to the zoo and preach. But listen, focus, focus, focus. Focus. I'm going to tell you a secret here. You are more important than birds. Yeah, I see your face. 
I see your face. She just got saved. She was like, thank you, gee, nobody's ever told me that before. <laughs> Some of you are blushing, like I just gave you the best compliment ever. Oh my gosh, <laughs> stop it, just stop. You're more important than birds, like, yeah, like for real. Birds are cute, but like you're a human being made in the image of God. You're more important than a bird, okay? I want you to look to your neighbor and say, I, no, look at her, look at her. Say, I am more important than a bird. There's like some weird new Christian psychology, right? Now, give yourself a hug. Just give yourself a hug, right? Yo, but seriously, like, I'm not, this is not just me trying to encourage you. This is actually what Jesus says. Guys, look, 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 look what he says. Look what he says. Are you not of more value than they? Becky, you're more important than a bird. Like, that's what Jesus thinks. Jesus literally says, you're more important than the birds. And so, listen, listen, listen. And so, if he takes care of the birds... I'm just saying. You're more important than a bird. And so if he takes care of the birds, how much more is he gonna take care of you, students? I'm gonna tell you another secret and I really, I don't want you to be offended by this. I really want you to believe in when I say it. You're more important than grass. Let it sink in. Just let that minister to you. You're more important than, you want me to show, I can prove to you how you're more important than grass. I want you to go over to the fields, over by Pacific, right? And I want you to go over to the fields and I want you to go over there like maybe seven in the morning and I want you to do this and I want you to go, ooh, nice grass. And then I want you to go back at one o'clock and you just hear, Yo, that grass is dead. The grass literally died. It didn't even make it one day. I think you're a little bit more substantial than the grass that is alive one minute and then thrown into the oven the next minute. And if you go, why would it be thrown into the oven? That's because grass in that day, they would grow it up as like hay, right? And so they let it get really long and then they cut it and they throw it into the oven because what else is it good for? You're more important than grass. And so if he clothes the grass, students, if he takes care of the grass, how much more will he take care of you? And so how do you answer the question? Well, I'd be okay. Like we're laughing now, but when you go home tonight and you're laying on your pillow and you're like me and you feel worry and anxiety creep back in your chest. I almost said when your spouse falls asleep, but I mean, when, when your parents fall asleep and you're in your, by yourself in your room and you've already saw every single picture that could possibly be seen on your Instagram feed, like when you finally turn off the phone, which you should probably put it in another room because you'll sleep better, trust me. And those little feelings of doubt creep into your chest and you go, oh my gosh, will I be okay? If you can understand, if you can have the portrait of God, the attentive and caring father who he is so caring that he even cares for birds and grass, if you can have this picture of who God is, you will approach the question differently. 
And rather than answering the question, yes, I'll be okay if I take care of myself, you'll answer the question and say, I will be okay because God takes care of me. You see who God is. And so you start to approach your issues. And you say, you know what, I trust God. <clears throat> I'm gonna rely on him because he's a good father. I'm going to rely on the fact that God is not only capable, but he's also reliable and he will take care of me. And when you start to speak truth to yourself, when you start to speak this truth to other people, when you start to hold up a picture of who God is to your friends and remind them of the truth, you will no longer be approaching it with anxiety. You will be answering with an approach that leads to faith. These are opposites. When you have an approach to your needs that says, I believe that God is good and he will take care of me, that's faith. <clears throat> and you need to understand this because the world has jacked up the definition of faith. Okay? Listen to your latest gospel song. I believe, 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 woo, I believe, I got the faith on high. And it's like, wait a minute. Besides the fact that that was horrible, let's think about the content. In our world, faith means it's probably impossible, but if you close your eyes and believe hard enough, God will have to do it. That's not faith. That's called holding your breath. That's called trying to hold God hostage. Faith is not saying, man, the Mariners, man, if I only have faith, they'll win the World Series. No, they won't. They won't. You're like, I'm not even a baseball Sam, a baseball fan. That was like so not a good, relevant application and illustration for our age group. Baseball's dead. I'm, I apologize for not knowing my demographic. My fault. My bad. Are the Blazers going to win the World Series? If I have enough, wait, wait, that doesn't work. Oh, I failed. But do you get what I'm saying? Faith does not mean just squeeze really tight and wish hard enough. Faith is not wishing. Faith is trusting. Faith does not mean wishing. Faith means trusting. Faith is the confidence of things hoped for and yet not seen. I don't see God, but I trust him. Not because it's wishful thinking, but because I know who he is. And I know his character. And I know that when I rest on him, I never fall. It's called faith. And if you don't have this, Jesus calls it little faith. <laughs> when you don't trust. And so students, how do you answer your question? How do you approach the needs in your life? Will you be okay because you believe that it all depends on you to take care of yourself? Is the only way that you can calm your heart and calm your soul is if you really, really, really just make sure that you're thorough and you got everything written down and you know that you can do it. Is that the only way that you can ease yourself to sleep? Or do you know? Or do you know that you will be okay because you serve an attentive and loving father who knows already what you need. He already knows your needs. How do you answer the question? And if you're like me and you have moments 
perhaps more often than not, if you have moments where you answer the question with anxiety, Jesus has an earth shattering question for you. I had to go back and read it a few different times because I was like, Jesus, that is savage. I can't ask him that. And he's like, I already did. So just tell them my question. You ready for the question? Here's the question. Guys, focus up here. Energy this way. Bring the energy this way, right? Hey guys, hey guys, hi guys, right here, right here. If you're, hey, hey, right here. Hey, listen. If you're approaching life with anxiety, Jesus wants to ask you this question. How's it working? If you're answering the question as if it all depends on you, Jesus' question for you is, how's that working out for you, chief? Is the anxiety actually fixing things? Is putting this burden on your back actually making a difference? Look what he says. He says, are you actually adding a single hour to the span of your life? Like, did you just like, worried? Nice, I'm gonna survive another day. No. Worrying doesn't work, he says. Worrying actually doesn't change anything. And so rather you can trust in a loving, attentive, and caring God. And so if you don't have to be anxious, then what do you do? What could your life look like if the pressure was not on you to stress about making it and surviving and the concerns of your life? What could you do with your life? What could a soul look like? What, how could, what difference could you make? What would it look like? If you were freed from stressing about those things and the anxiety and you were free to do something else, what would you do? We see it in our last couple of verses here. He says, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. <laughs> I love what he said. Hey, yo, Tuesday, don't worry about Tuesday. Tuesday's got a good head on his shoulders. He's gonna take care of himself, right? Thursday, you don't gotta worry about Thursday. He's good. I just talked to him last week. He's coming around again. Every week. Like clockwork, right? He says, it, do tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And so here's how he ends. Jesus ends this passage by holding up the two kingdoms right next to each other. And so we're comparing the kingdom of God and the kingdom that we all live in, the kingdom of me. And he compares them. And when we look at the kingdom of this world, we see Gentiles, which is just a word that means people not in the family of God. They live according to answer number one. The Gentiles, they are pursuing their concerns. They are seeking after all these things. Their eyes are locked on those things as if it's the point of life. Their eyes are locked on making sure that they're okay. Their eyes are locked and focused on making sure they can survive. And they have to do that because they think it all depends on who. That's how people act in the kingdom of the world. But look how he compares that. 
Look how he compares this. He says, once you realize that God can take care of your needs, once you realize that it all doesn't depend on you, once you realize that God is an attentive and loving father who knows that you need them all, once you realize that you can approach life differently, once you see that God is taking care of you, free from anxiety, we can pursue the kingdom free from anxiety, we can pursue the kingdom. Middle schooler, high schooler, you don't have to live your life as if the weight of the world depends on you. Because in this kingdom, God is taking care of you. And so rather than locking your eyes on those things, you can now focus. You can now lock your eyes on something else besides your concerns. You can now spend the energy of your life and of your attention on a different top priority. You can focus on something that matters for all of eternity. You can seek first the kingdom of God. You can live a life rather than marked by anxiety. You can experience peace because you know that as you seek the kingdom, God is giving you everything you need. All these things will be added to you. And so here's the question. Do you want to live in a kingdom where anxiety reigns or a kingdom where peace reigns? Do you want to live in a kingdom where it all depends on you or where it all depends on God? Do you want to live in a kingdom where you pursue and live for your survival? Or do you want to live for something eternally important and significant? Where do you want to be? The kingdom of God or the kingdom of me? And the good news that we have from Jesus is that you can live in this kingdom. You can live in this kingdom. You know how you get there? You don't have to be born there. It's not like America, you know, where people are like, man, it's just so hard to become a citizen there. You don't actually have to be born into this kingdom. None of us are. You don't have to have a passport. You don't actually have to apply for refugee status to become a citizen of the kingdom of God. Do you know how you become a part of this kingdom? I just, I'm going to coach you again on the rhetorical devices. We're going to talk about it. It's brilliant. You're going to love it. Eat it up. You know how you enter this kingdom? Jesus Christ loved you so much that he came down. He died. He procured your citizenship. And now all he says to you is come to me. He says, come to me. Are you tired of living in the kingdom marked by anxiety? Just come but I don't have my papers, but I'm not ready, but I haven't studied for the exam, but I don't know, I don't have any connect. Shh, just come. Come to Jesus. If you're a Christian, and band, you can come up because we're gonna respond here in a moment. If you're a Christian, struggling with anxiety, if you're like me, be encouraged and be reminded that God is a loving father and you know what you should do? Just come. Come to your heavenly father. He knows what you need. 
Rather than when you feel the temptation to put that weight on your back and to worry as if it all depends on you, you know what you can do? Talk to your heavenly father. Look what Paul says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. If you're a Christian, just come to your Father. Come. And now I also understand that in this community, not all of us are Christians. I understand that this is a place where we want you to be. If you're pursuing Christianity, if you're interested in the things of God, like you're in the right spot. It's cool. Like you don't, you don't have to be a Christian. But I want to challenge you. And I want to ask you, what's your portrait of God? Maybe you've come here tonight and you say, man, if I'm being honest, my portrait of God is this far away, angry dude who wants me to follow the rules. And I'm not surprised that that's your portrait because that's the portrait that the world wants to paint of God. And instead of listening to the headlines, instead of listening to the Twitter feed, I want you to see what we looked at for yourselves. Like we just read it. We didn't make it up. I didn't come up here and try to whitewash it. I just gave you what the Bible says and you saw for yourself tonight, not because somebody said, not because your mommy said, you saw for yourself that God is portrayed as a loving attentive and caring father you know what you can do just come when you come to the Lord and you say God I want to live in your kingdom would you adopt me into your family so that Jesus could be my king and so that God could be my father God will save you that faith that trusting and calling out to God, God will save you and he adopts you into his family and you can live under the care and provision of God the Father. And if that's you, let's talk. Find a leader with a lanyard. Come and talk to me. Come and talk to Hannah or Lenny or any leaders here. And we can talk about that. So will you be okay? You good, bro? You're gonna be okay. You know why? Because God knows exactly what you need and he's going to take care of you. Let's pray to him right now. Lord, thank you so much for this truth in this passage. Lord, we're moved by how caring you are and how loving you are. And so Lord, we ask that you would help us with our anxiety, that we would not be anxious about anything, that we would be able to obey you and not to be anxious, to not act like it depends on us. So Lord, help us to remember that you care for us. Help us to remember that we're more important than the birds and the grass. And help us to trust in you, Lord, with every need, with every concern that we have. And as we do that, Lord, we're not doing it as some self-help move. We're not doing it to try to improve ourselves. We're doing it because we want to know you more. So Lord, I pray that you would provide for these students. For those that are in need right now, I pray that you would meet their needs in answer to their prayer. Lord, for families here that are struggling financially, I pray that you would meet those needs even through the church, even through other people here, God. Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see where we can be extensions of your care and love for others. Lord, where we can provide a meal or provide a hug or provide clothing or provide money. Let us be a community that cares for one another because you care for us. 
and let that be genuine. Let citizens be such an authentic, genuine place of love and care so that others who come will see how loving and caring you are. Be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.